Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Vanguard. What a week, huh? Did you have a good week? You're not sure. You're not sure. You know, I am so glad on a beautiful day like today that I know Jesus Christ. Can you imagine waking up on a beautiful day like today and the only person you have to worship is yourself? That's depressing. I mean, if you know me, that is depressing, all right? I am grateful that I have a God who is majestic, he's powerful, he does the impossible, he does the miraculous in our lives, and maybe in your life today, as you enter into this season, and this is the official weekend, right, uh, of summer, uh, it is the weekend in which we begin summer here in Colorado, and what a beautiful, beautiful day God has given us. Today, we're going to talk about transfiguration. You probably don't think much about transfiguration in your life, uh, but maybe you think about the word change. That's what transfiguration means. It means to change something from this to that. What do you think about when you think of the word transfiguration? Well, let me give you one of our English words, metamorphosis. That's when a worm, a caterpillar, becomes a beautiful what? Butterfly. And maybe you look at your life, and I find this to be true in my life. You are going to find in your life what you look for. If you look for the worm, if you look for the ugly, If you look for the darkness, you're going to find it. If you look for the transformation, the transfiguration, if you look for the beauty that God is going to bring out of the ugly of your life, guess what? You're going to find it. I want to invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 17. We're going to begin in verse 1, go to verse 23. I want to welcome our 21 families on our Facebook platform. You may not know this, but our largest platform for the 9 o'clock service is our YouTube platform. And last week, we actually had 37 families tuning in. I want to say hi to our YouTube family. I want to welcome you this morning. I want to thank you for being a part. You may not know this in the 9 o'clock service, but we have a massive online attendance in the 9 o'clock, not so much in the eleven. And sometimes when you look around, you might think about, and I'm doing this, by the way, and I would encourage you to do this as well. As we come out of this season that has decimated everything about our lives, I want to encourage you to encourage others and say, hey, I've not seen you in a while. 
and I would love to see you in person. You get it? Are you tracking with me? This is the change that we're looking for in the 9 o'clock service. We're very excited about what's happening in the 11 o'clock service. I had an unbeliever who's now a believer because of our church send me a a message this week. And he said, hey, are you going to be here this week? Because I'm bringing five new people to the church. Amen. Last night, while I was getting, preparing this message, I was sitting outside, beautiful night, by the way. And I began to scroll through my phone and invite the unbelieving people in my life. Uh, And each one of them, each one of them, is either going through a tragedy in their life right now in the sense of something that they had no control over or they're going through a tragedy that they're a part of, that they're trying to work through relationally. It could be a death. It could be a divorce. All kinds of stuff. And I want to encourage you. God is on the move. God is transforming people's lives as we speak, and yes, the common denominator will always be pain. And I want to encourage you to engage. Moms and dads, grandparents, engage, invite your kids, invite your grandkids into VBB. Moms and dads, I want to encourage you. And I know this is just a yard sale, but listen to me. This is an opportunity for us to invest in the next generation. Our cookout today, Anytime you want to invest any of the resources that you give to these events, it's going to go 100% toward investing in students that are going to experience the majesty that we just sang about of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. And by the way, I went up on the mountain myself this week. I wouldn't call it the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Woodland Park, but it's still beautiful. Wow. Like, if you didn't get a chance to see what Pikes Peak looks like right now from Woodland Park, just do yourself a favor and drive up there. Amen, Virginia? Amen. Look at verse 1. Now, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them. So he was changed. He was transformed. I like to say, you know, my favorite show as a kid was Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty, right? And I loved it every time, Steve, when, when they would be beamed somewhere and you're like, wow, I wish I could do that. I mean, this was a moment in time in the disciples' lives where they're mesmerized. Can you imagine following after Jesus and, and seeing him and experiencing him, and then he takes you up on this mountain and you watch his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. Wow. Can you imagine what this glowing, dazzling experience must have been like? Have you ever had a trance? Forming experience in your life? Think about that question. Have you ever had an experience in your life that you could not explain? 
It exceeded your rationale. It made you largely uncomfortable. And you're like, what is going on in my life? Now, in 1992, you know, many of you know, my mother was killed by a drunk driver, and my sister is here today with her boys, and we're so glad to see you, her mom as well, our mom, went to be with the Lord on March 6, 1992. Well, one month after that, on April the 6th, 1992, I had a transforming, a transfiguring experience. Now, I want you to know something. I'm a good Southern Baptist, all right? And we're not allowed to have these sorts of experiences. But the problem is, I was there. And can you imagine, can you imagine James and Peter coming back down from the Mount of Transfiguration and go, guys, let me tell you what happened while we're up there. And the other disciples are like, what? What? No, 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 no. I add this to my list of yet another unexplainable yet very real experience. Last night, April the 5th, 1992, Ellen, you may not remember this. Uh, My sister and I, we talked on the phone. I wouldn't have remembered it either, but I wrote it down. We shared our hurts, our anger, our bitterness, our loneliness, and lastly, our love for our deceased mom. We miss her a lot. Ellen, my sister, shared how she had been talking to mom in her dreams. You didn't know I was going to talk about this, did you? I didn't want you to know. Mom told Ellen that she was sick before she died. Mom told her that uh, she had cancer. Remember this? I must say it didn't surprise me. After saying our goodbyes, I hung up the phone, turned out the light, and went to bed. I was at college at Liberty University at the time. Something gripped me. I was, uh, it was my emotions. The ache began to grow more intense. The thoughts began to rush in again. And I laid in my bed weeping. And I use the word weeping because crying and weeping are not the same thing in my opinion. I hope if you read this or hear this, you'll allow God to speak to your heart before you judge my encounter. As I lay in my bed, in my spiritual mind, I heard a voice call me to its presence. It was the voice of my mother. All I could see was a shining bright light with darkness resting all around, and I heard the voice say this, it's me, Kelly, it's your mom. I know you're bitter about my death but please don't be. Since I got to heaven, God and I have had many talks about you. He allowed me to see some of your future, and Kelly, trust me, the hurt my death has caused you is worth it in comparison to the future which lies ahead for you. Kelly, trust me, my departure was timely. You wait and see. I love you. Bye. My crying stopped and peace filled the room. My heart for a while was at rest. It's a beautiful moment. Dear God, may I tell my mom about Tasha and what her plans are. Never got to tell my mom that we were going to get married. Mom, guess what? Tasha and I are getting engaged May 2nd. Just want to say thanks for all the prayers you prayed for me when I went through the loss of Tasha in our dating relationship. Thanks for being there with me uh, when my world completely collapsed and I didn't have the courage to keep living. Mom, thanks for loving me. I miss you so much. I feel so miserable. I feel so old. 
<laughs> it's crazy. I was 21 years old. Well, not even 20 yet. I'm 21 yet. I think about this summer, my wedding, our talks, graduation, our future. Mom, I wanted so much for you to see and reap some of your hard work. I'm so thankful that you took care of me. I miss you so much. Oh, how I wish I could die and be with you. You seem so far away. I thank God my tears have come and brought some relief. I feel weak and worn. But mom, guess what? I still love Jesus. I thank God for my present state. I do not enjoy my present state, but I do not count it all, but I do count it all joy for the sake of the call and God's divine direction and will for my life. Dear God, continue to help me deal with the anger I feel. I wrote that 30 years ago. And this past week, when I went away to spend some time with the Lord, my only begotten son went with me. And, um, you know, it's pretty boring because I just kind of walk around. And what was beautiful is if you've never been to the Starbucks in Woodland Park, if, uh, especially after a snowstorm, nobody comes, uh, you know, because we Coloradans are, you know, how, know how it works. But they had the fireplace going and just was able to walk around and just talk to the Lord feel God's presence, feel the warmth of that fire, and be reminded that, yes, I can choose to walk toward the flame that the Holy Spirit has for my life, or I can fixate on the darkness and the cold. The choice is mine. And I realize that the rawness of my life, and I realize that the rawness of your life, and I know about the rawness of many of your lives, causes us to doubt our faith, causes us to doubt in the darkness what God reveals to us in the light. But I want you to understand something. You ready? The cocoon that you're in right now is not forever. It's not forever. It's not forever. You say, yeah, but it might be for the rest of my life. Yes, you're right. I'm not going to give you false hope. If there's one thing that you know about me, when you talk to me, I don't give you false hope. I don't tell you that it's all going to be okay in this life because it's not in this life. I've lived 30 years of having a lot of not okay moments in my life. But listen to me. I know and by faith believe that God is going to bring good, light, hope, and joy, and peace out of those very dark and difficult moments. And I have lived long enough to know that he is the only one who has the words of eternal life. And if you want any hope of winning in this life, don't leave Jesus' team because he's the only winner in the end. That's it. He's the only winner in the end. Now, their experience on the Mount of Transfiguration, my experience, and I'm sure an experience in your life, goes beyond your rationale. What do you do when you experience something that you really struggle to explain? Well, this is how... Christ's transfiguration can transform us. Number one, allow yourself to experience Christ beyond your rationale. 
Say to the Lord, if you want to give me an experience that I can't explain, I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. Now look at verse 3. Now behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Yeah, sure, whatever, right? I mean, can you imagine? My pastor friend, Pastor Terry, when I went to see him in the hospital, he'd been in a coma for quite a while. And he looked at me with just bright eyes. And he said, Pastor, you're not going to believe it. I go, what? He said, some of the saints of the old visited me. I said, you mean like Moses? He's like, yeah. I said, I believe it. I believe it. Isn't it beautiful when God orchestrates experiences for us so that we can feel his presence in a way that is beyond our rationale, beyond explanation? And Peter said to Jesus, it's good that we're here. If you wish, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I love this. I mean, Peter's entrepreneurial, if nothing else, right? He's like, we have got to capitalize on this moment. We got to bottle it. We got to sell it, right? And all of us are like this. It's like, I don't know how to bottle this supernatural experience that God has just given me. But we got to figure it out because I've got to stay right here. And Pastor Aaron, let me just say, you never look gooder than, than from row 48 at Red Rocks, all right? You're the finest looking man in the land, 48 rows away. I mean, we way up there. We're a mile and a half above you, all right? But I just want you to know that as it rained, you know, and you asked for the rain, by the way, the Lord delivered, okay? Be careful what you asked for. We did not build an ark, so we, we, we were in it with you. But I just want you to know, being up there and watching the sky and the mountains and, the, and the, basically the silhouette of the city, it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. And it was a Mount of Transfiguration experience. Like, it was so awesome. To be there on the 23rd, yes, and to watch you do your thing and to see God move so powerfully. I, I just want you to know that was an amazing, amazing moment. I won't forget it for the rest of my life. Thank you. Thank you for being a faithful servant of the Lord. Amen? Amen. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Don't get caught up in the supernatural experiences of your life. When you have a supernatural experience, you know what the point is? To better hear Jesus. That's it. Principle number two. Put no other person in your life before Christ. Don't put an experience. Don't put another person. I remember when my mother was killed, I, uh, she had asked me just a couple of weeks prior to preach her funeral, which really freaked me out, and I had no idea that just 10 days later she would die. And I walked out on the back of her deck, and 
Um, and the, I mean, there was a beautiful sunset in Kentucky, and I said, Mom, what do you want me to preach? And it was just silence. And I felt like the Holy Spirit inside me said, if you want to know what to preach, ask me. She didn't call you. She didn't call you. I did. I did. Has it ever dawned on you that God goes after the things that you love the most in your life to see if you'll love him more than them? That's not an accident. That's not an accident. At the moment my mother died, there was nobody in my life I loved more. That's not true now, obviously. Christ must reign supreme. So here's the question. What is it in your life that's, that is ahead of Christ? You say, well, I don't know. Let me tell you how you can know. You're fearful that if God takes it away, you're going to quit him. That's your idol. That's your idol. That's your idol. Look at the disciples' response. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces, and they were what? Somebody say it. What were they? Oh, they were terrified. <laughs> they were terrified. See, when God speaks, you'll know it. But Jesus came and touched them, and here's what he said. Rise, have no fear. Get up. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. See, what I love about Jesus is that when God speaks, it terrifies us. But eventually, if we keep listening to the voice of God, it'll calm our every fear. So God's going to tell you some things in your lifetime, and he may tell you some things before they actually happen. And that'll terrify you. Let me just tell you, that'll terrify you completely. You might have a dream. You might visualize something. You might experience something before it occurs and if it does, I want you to understand that that's God trying to prepare you so that his voice can continue to talk to you because God's voice seems to terrify us and then calm us. So look at verse 9. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision. Until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. So how do we experience transformation in our lives through his transfiguration? Remain silent about your experience until he gives you the freedom to share. Remain silent about your experience until he gives you the freedom to share. It was 13 and a half years before I publicly shared with anyone what I just shared with you. And I want you to understand something. Um, if I were not a pastor, I would be an extreme introvert. I just want you to know this. So, so, so if you look at my life and you go, oh, that just looks easy for him, you, then looks are deceiving, okay? And sharing the intimate details of the brokenness of my life is not something that I personally take great joy in doing. But I understand that my life, God has called me to be this person. And you go, well, then why didn't he make you a different person? My question exactly. But he didn't. 
He made me who I am in my weaknesses and in my strengths. And, and listen, if you want to get over yourself, stay committed to something for the long term. You'll be way over yourself before it's over. Marriage, kids, pastoring, farming, all the things I think about in my life that show me the inadequacies of my existence. Now, each one of us, if we're not careful, can get caught up in the experience. Don't worship the experience. God does not give you supernatural experiences so you can worship those. He gives you those so that you can hear him. Now look at verse 10. The disciples ask him, then why do the the scribes say that first Elijah must come? See, the Christians in the first century were just like the Christians in the 21st century. We want God to bring justice. And God is going to bring justice. But before he brings justice, he wants to bring restoration. And in order to bring restoration, are you ready for this? Restoration to this world cannot come without suffering. And if you're not willing to suffer with Christ, you can't reign with him. Because Christ has committed this dispensation, this time period, to us suffering with him. Now look at verse 11. He answered, Elijah does does come and he'll restore all things. Yes, here we go. Justice is coming. But I tell you that Elijah is already come. He's talking about John the Baptist. And they didn't recognize him but did to him whatever they pleased, so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. And the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. So here's principle four. Realize transformation in this life involves restoration and suffering. Transformation in this life involves restoration and suffering. John and Sandy, I can't help but watch... um, Tim and Shanoa, the Flick family. And I cannot help but watch as they had to grieve the loss of their son and as they celebrate, yet still praying for complete healing in their daughter's life, Chantel, who got a new heart this past week. I think it's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Look at verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. Why? He's got seizures. He suffers terribly. Our facilities manager, Alexandra Stokely, her little boy, Ollie, he has seizures. He suffers terribly. They could really use your prayers right now. For often he falls into the fire, often into the water, and I brought him to your disciples. Eh, they weren't very good. They couldn't heal him. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The boy was healed instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it'll move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Principle five, realize transformation requires impossible faith on your part. Transformation requires impossible faith on your part. 
So where do you get impossible faith? I mean, by nature, it's impossible, right? Look at verse 22. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. I want you to think about this. Jesus just did a miracle nobody else that was following him could do. And then he immediately turns and does a 180 and tells them, I'm about to be delivered into the hands of men. And I'm sure they're like, well, big deal. I mean, you're, you're Jesus. I mean, we've, we've seen the transfiguration. We've seen the miracles. They'll kill him. He'll be raised on the third day. And they were, somebody say it. Come on, say it loud. Oh, greatly distressed. Why doesn't the text say greatly distressed and full of anticipation? I mean, Jesus just told him, I'm going to be handed over to the people. I'm going to be killed. But don't sweat it. On the third day, I'm going to rise from the grave. You have any thoughts as to why they were not anticipatory? Ben, what? And why don't they hear the last part? And why don't they want to? And why do they have a lack of faith? They're human and they've never experienced the resurrection. like you and me. Why are you and I so discouraged? Because we can only hear the handed over, killed part. Amen? Right, Cindy? Right, Marty? I can't hear the resurrected part because I've never experienced it. So I'm going to have to trust him. I'm going to have to trust him I'm going to have to believe. I'm going to have to have, you ready? Impossible faith. Crazy. I'm an idiot for thinking this faith. Wow. Principle six. Pray God grows your life to surrender areas you don't understand. Pray God grows your life to surrender areas you don't understand. I woke up at 3.47 this morning, and I later learned in comparing notes with Pastor John Ellsbury that that's when he went back to sleep, so he did his watch, and then John and I took it from there. So just so you know, God's always waking up people in the night And if you wake up, it's your turn, okay? It's your turn. It's your turn. Instead of being put out by the fact that you're not sleeping, I encourage you to pray out. Just pray. Just go, well, I'm awake. God wants me. What do you want me to pray? And and be careful when you say this, Eric, because, oh, my goodness, God's got a long list. A long list. And some of you got prayed for at 347 this morning because the Lord said, hey, 
I want you to pray for this person, this situation, this situation. I go, well, Lord, I don't know what you're doing there. I don't know what you're doing there. You don't need to know what I'm doing. Just ask me, okay, intercede on their behalf. So where are you on the mountain? Where are you in this process? Has Jesus invited you to come up to the mountain of transfiguration? Come on, go with me. I want to show you something. Oh, no, no, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Have you gone and experienced something that you absolutely just cannot explain? Have you come back down from the mountain? And is God saying things to you that's going to require impossible faith, and you're at that moment? Where are you in this story? Identify yourself. Say, Lord, I'm right there. I'm I'm not yet ready to go on the mount. Or I've been on the mount. I'm coming down. And I'm, and I'm looking and I'm hearing you say all this crazy negative stuff that I don't want to hear about going to be captured and killed. And, and I don't understand all that third day resurrection mumbo jumbo. Where are you? See, 30 years ago, I wasn't where I'm at now. I wasn't where I'm at now. So many people grieve that they're getting older. I would grieve if I had to go back. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad to be where I'm at. I'm happy to be where I'm at. I'm content to be where I'm at. Listen to me. Getting old is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's a great thing. Let it happen. And let God talk to you. Let God speak to you. Let God take you up on that mountain. Let God take you back down that mountain. Let God tell you things. And in that process, you're going to break out of the cocoon of your life. And you're going to go, where'd the ugly worm of my life go? I've become a beautiful butterfly. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.